Welcome back to the Urology Care Podcast. On today's episode, we'll be discussing urinary incontinence. As a friendly reminder, you can learn more about today's topic and download free patient education fact sheets and patient guides by visiting urologyhealth.org. Millions of people in the United States live with incontinence and bladder control symptoms. It prevents men, women, and children from living the life they want. The fear of being far from a bathroom can limit decisions involving work, activities, and just about everything. The Urology Care Foundation's goal is to get people to talk openly about their incontinence issues with their health care provider. Many people don't talk about their symptoms or think that there are no good treatments. Because of this, many people wait years before dealing with it, when in reality, they could have been feeling better all that time. The information in this podcast can provide you with answers to some of your questions about incontinence. We encourage you to talk openly with your healthcare provider about your symptoms. There are many ways to manage and treat these problems. Working together, you can find relief. The kidneys and bladder are part of the urinary tract, the organs in our bodies that make, store, and pass urine. You have two kidneys that make urine. The urine is stored in the bladder. The muscles in the lower part of your abdomen hold your bladder in place. When it is not full of urine, the bladder is relaxed. Nerve signals in your brain let you know when your bladder is getting full. When full, you feel the need to go to the bathroom. If your bladder is normal, you can hold urine in for some time. Once you are ready, the brain sends a signal to the bladder and the sphincter muscle located below the bladder. The bladder muscle squeezes or contracts and the urethral sphincter muscle opens. This forces the urine out through the urethra. After going to the bathroom, the sphincter muscle closes to keep urine in. It only opens again when your brain says you're ready to go to the bathroom. With urinary incontinence, some parts of this system don't work the way they should. Urinary incontinence is a problem with bladder and sphincter control. It is the uncontrolled leaking of urine. Millions of Americans, about one out of two of all women and one out of four men, suffer from urinary incontinence symptoms. If the fear of leaking stops you from doing the things you enjoy, it's time to consider treatment. Don't be embarrassed to talk to your doctor about this medical condition. There are treatment options waiting for you. Urinary incontinence is not a disease. It is a symptom of a wide range of conditions. It can be a short-term problem from urinary tract infections, constipation, medicine such as diuretics, antidepressants, antihistamines, etc. Or it could be a long-term problem from diabetes, stroke, multiple sclerosis, enlarged prostate or prostate surgery for men, childbirth or menopause for women. It's also important to note that urine leaks are not a normal part of aging. Now, let's discuss some different types of urinary incontinence. Stress urinary incontinence, SUI. SUI is the most common type of urinary leakage. With SUI, the pelvic floor muscles, which hold the pelvic organs in place, have become weak. They don't work well enough to hold urine in the body. A cough, sneeze, or even laughing can put pressure on the bladder and cause leaks. Overactive bladder, urge incontinence. OAB is a condition where you feel a sudden, strong need to urinate. This gotta-go feeling makes you feel that you'll leak if you don't use the bathroom now. If you live with OAB, 
You may need to go many times each day. You may wake from sleep more than once each night to go. It is a very common condition for many people, up to 33 million Americans. It is also common for people with diabetes, multiple sclerosis, or stroke. Overflow urinary incontinence. This type of incontinence is when the bladder stays full. It can't empty, and so it overflows and leaks. Signs include small urinations each day or ongoing dribbling. This is rare in women. It is more common in men who have had prostate problems, diabetes, or a non-functional underactive bladder. Mixed urinary incontinence. Some people have more than one type of urinary incontinence. Some people leak urine with activity, SUI, and often feel the urge to urinate, OAB. This is mixed urinary incontinence. The person has both SUI and OAB. In this case, it helps to understand what's happening and what's causing leaks and learn how to manage problems. If you are having symptoms, it is important to talk to your doctor and get diagnosed. A urologist or primary care doctor will start by asking questions. They'll want to know about your symptoms and your medical history. They'll ask about your health habits and fluid intake. They'll want to know how much incontinence has affected your quality of life. A physical exam will look for conditions that cause leaks but can be reversed. This may include constipation, hernias, or pelvic organ prolapse. Or a urinary tract infection or a reaction to medicine may also be the cause of leaks. Your provider may suggest a cough stress test. She or he may test your urine for bacteria or blood or test how well your bladder and urethra work. There are many ways to help you take control over your bladder. You may not need to wear pads or diapers. Some problems are short-term and can be easily relieved. Others take more time to treat. Treatments range from lifestyle changes to bladder training to surgery. Fluid control. You will likely be asked to track what you drink, when, and how much. You may learn that you should limit caffeine, alcohol, some fruit juices, and fizzy colas. These beverages bother the bladder. You may also be asked to drink more water. Six to eight glasses of water per day is ideal. And you may be asked not to drink for a few hours before bed. This will help reduce your need to get up and go to the bathroom at night. Dietary changes. There are a few foods that are known to irritate the bladder. For example, spicy foods, coffee, tea, and colas are often bothersome. Some patients also find that their problems are relieved with weight loss. Bladder training or retraining. A bladder diary is the starting point for bladder training. For three days, you write down what you drink and how often you go to the bathroom. You note when you leak urine. This diary can help you and your provider find things that may make your symptoms worse. It will also help your provider make a training schedule with you. This is when you empty your bladder in a controlled way at set times. With regular bladder emptying, you should have fewer leaks. Timed urination, scheduled voiding, or double voiding are methods that help with both OAB and SUI. If you go to the bathroom too often, retraining bladder can help. The goal is to hold your urine in for longer and longer amounts of time. This takes small steps. Start with 5, 10, 15 minutes. The goal is to retrain your bladder to hold urine for 2 to 4 hours with less urgency and leaking. 
pelvic floor exercises. Kegel exercises can strengthen the sphincter and pelvic floor muscles. This works for both men and women. If you can learn to tighten and relax these muscles and then learn to control these muscles, you can often improve bladder control. Kegels can prevent bladder spasms that trigger the urge to go. This can stop or pause leaks. A healthcare provider can teach you how to do this exercise with success. Kegels can help with SUI or OAB symptoms. Like any fitness program, you must often practice the exercises to keep its benefits. Drug options. Pseudoephedrine can tighten the bladder neck. This can help control leaks from stress, urinary incontinence. However, it may not be an option if you have a history of high blood pressure. Anticholinergic drugs can treat OAB. They allow the bladder muscles to relax. These drugs work, but may have side effects. For example, dry mouth, confusion, constipation, blurred vision, and preventing urination. Be sure to mention any other bladder-relaxing drugs you've tried when you talk with your urologist. For women, hormone treatment can help if you have incontinence after menopause. Hormone replacement may improve the health of the bladder neck and urethral tissues. This may relieve symptoms. There are some medical reasons not to use hormones. Speak to your provider about what's best for you. Surgical treatments for SUI. Slings. Female sling. The most common surgical treatment for female SUI is sling surgery. For this, a strip of tissue or soft mesh is placed under the urethra to support urethral closure. The tissue used to make the sling can be from the patient's abdominal wall, donated tissue, or made from mesh. If using donated tissue or mesh, women often recover quickly because only a small cut is made. Many women find that they feel almost 100% better after this surgery. Male sling. A sling procedure may be offered to treat SUI in some men. The male sling is for urethral sphincter muscle support. For this, a soft mesh tape is placed under the urethra through an incision between the scrotum and rectum. It supports the urethra and sphincter muscle to prevent leaks. It may help to ask your healthcare provider if this is an option for you. Bladder neck suspension is surgery for female SUI that attaches the bladder neck to the pubic bone with permanent sutures. This is a major surgery with a cut through the abdominal wall. It may take a long time to recover from this, but it can also prevent leaks for a long time. Bulking agents, injections. This option is used to treat female SUI by increasing the closure of the urethra. Bulking agents are placed into the tissues around the urethra and sphincter muscle. This improves how well the urethral closure function can work to stop leaks. Note that bulking agents are not FDA-approved for male SUI. Also, they do not strengthen or alter the sphincter muscle. Artificial sphincter. The most common treatment for male SUI is to implant an artificial sphincter. Women may also get this implanted too. This is a device with three parts. Part 1. The artificial sphincter a fluid-filled cuff which is placed around the urethra. Part two, a fluid-filled pressure-sensing balloon that regulates pressure in the cuff placed in the abdomen. Part three, a pump placed in the scrotum for men and labia for women and controlled by the patient. 
At rest, the artificial sphincter cuff is closed and prevents leaks. When you decide to empty the bladder, you would inflate the pump to push fluid from the cuff to the reservoir balloon. This opens the urethra and allows urination. This surgery can cure or greatly improve urinary control in over 70% to 80% of men. However, if you've had radiation, other bladder problems, or scar tissue in the urethra, then this option may not be for you. Surgical treatments for OAB. Neuromodulation therapy. Stimulating nerve. Neuromodulation involves the placement of a lead wire to stimulate the nerves that control the bladder. This bladder placement can help both men and women. For this surgery, a small electrode is placed near the nerves that control your bladder. It sends electrical pulses to the bladder to stop the spasms which cause leaks. And there are two types. A urologist may offer Botox injections to stop bladder spasms. Botox relaxes the bladder muscle to relieve bladder spasms. Over time, this relaxing effect can wear off. Most patients say the effects last for about six months. After that, the injections can be repeated. Your urologist should make sure your bladder can empty fully after injections. Bladder enlargement. Surgery can be done to enlarge the bladder so it holds more urine. This surgery adds a piece of the patient's intestine to the bladder. With the bladder now larger, it often loses its ability to empty. As a result, people who choose this surgery may need to learn how to self-catheterize. Catheterization would empty the bladder. If other treatments don't relieve symptoms, this may be an option. For some people, this surgery can become a cure. Still, it's important to note that it's a serious and rare surgery. It's only used if other treatments do not help. Surgical Treatments for Overflow Incontinence If overflow urinary incontinence is from a blockage, surgery is needed. Surgery depends on the type and cause of the block. In general, surgery can relieve symptoms for a man or a woman, but choosing the right type of surgery is important. You should speak with your urologist to learn the pros and cons of your options. Products and Devices For some people, products and devices are the only way to manage bladder problems. They can give older and disabled persons more freedom. Some examples include indwelling, intermittent catheters that are used several times each day, external collecting systems, and absorbent products. Urinary incontinence treatment aims to improve your quality of life. In most cases, you will feel much better after treatment and might even be cured. Try lifestyle changes first, then consider other options. Adjust what you try until you feel better. If you opt for an implant and or medical device, you may need follow-up surgery after time. You will always want to be aware of what you drink and when you go to the bathroom. Ask your doctor about your long-term plan. In most cases, managing or treating symptoms leads to great improvements and even a cure. To avoid setback after surgery, try to keep a healthy weight, practice Kegel exercises, avoid foods or drinks that are known to bother the bladder, eat more fiber, and drink plenty of fluids to prevent constipation. After treatment and lifestyle changes, most people feel a lot better. Still, be careful about how much fluid you drink and when. You may also need to plan regular bathroom breaks as part of your everyday life.
Taking care of yourself in these ways will help the benefits from surgery last. Over time, the surgical implants may need to be adjusted. Try not to do things that constrain your belly and pelvis. It helps to stay in touch with your healthcare provider about your follow-up care. And finally, thank you for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by the Urology Care Foundation, the official foundation of the American Urological Association. For more information on today's topic and for all things urology health, visit urologyhealth.org. That's urologyhealth.org. 